Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, general manager at the Sibylla Masters Fund, and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and the Sibylla Masters Fund. Jillian is the co-founder of both Moz and Brett Approved, a global speaker and contributing author to numerous books and publications on the subject of gender lens investing. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Anne. What's on your mind today? Ah, raising capital. It often <laughs> is. <laughs> when isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No surprise there. No, so certainly not. So uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, capital raises lately. And, you know, in fact, we've really been covering it pretty deeply in our recent episodes. Do you have something new you want to talk about on this? I do. And I'm glad you asked. New news is always fun. Uh, you know, and it's I mean, it's it's through Q3 of this year. Is that new enough? <laughs> OK, let's shoot for Q3. What have we got? What have we got? Well, here's the thing. I was. Uh, I hear the same issue over and over again, and I know that we've touched on them in other um, episodes, but I think I'd like to really focus in on it. And this hit me because last week I sat in yet another meeting with a well-established startup in which the founder had proved her concept and gained significant growth in the last 18 months. And she's now raising around to, as she put it, take the company to the next level. Then she showed projections of growing revenues to many, 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 many more times the amount she was asking for in this round. And I thought, whoa, that's not enough money to get there. There must be another round coming. And indeed, there is one anticipated for quite soon after the current raise. Yep, we hear that a lot. You know, we, we hear founders constantly telling us that they're raising X now, and almost immediately they're going to raise five and six and 10X, you know, as soon as this round is closed. Right. So yeah. I'd like to spend this episode talking about how big a capital raise should be and how to message that. I recall you telling me how valuable the initial big investment from Ignition Capital was in Moz. That's right. It was Ignition and one other. We raised 1.1 million. But in truth, compared to some Silicon Valley raises, it was rather modest. Right. But it was our first round and it was sufficient to allow the company to develop Linkscape, what's now known as Mozscape, and to achieve substantive increases in our customer base, all of which led to the pre-money valuation being well over more than 10x by the next round, you know, pre-money valuation. And I think I know where you're leading with this now. Good. 
What I'm driving at is that a round must be of sufficient size to substantively increase the value of your company before you go out for the next round. If you're going to raise just enough to keep the lights on, no VC is ever going to bite on your deal. You must move your company forward. So with that in mind, let's look at why early stage founders ask for too little. I have a few theories. Tell me what you think of them. Okay, happy to. Uh, But then let's wrap up by telling our listeners how to reframe their capital raises, how to message those things, right? Um, What are some of the reasons anyway that you think that founders fail to ask for enough? Because that's intriguing to me. Yeah, and it's come up often enough that I really thought we should explore it a little bit. So first, fear of rejection based on too many prior turndowns. The kind of little me, I'm insignificant kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Second, failure to accurately gauge their market potential and therefore the size of their company uh, potential. Three, plain inexperience. I I recall you saying recently that uh, uh, the biggest reason companies fail is incompetence. So that's true. You know, inexperience can be equated with um, incompetence. Well, competence is achieved. It's something you garner, you gain it, right. you earn it. <laughs> it takes time. So yes, I would agree. They just don't know how much it really is going to take. And then my favorite one, misplaced focus on the product and its development rather than on the market and the company's development to penetrate that market. So those are all very reasonable you know, reasons. And it actually makes some sense to be digging into why it happens, not just that it happens. So while these problems affect both men and women, as we have observed, there is another bigger hurdle for women. And I want to say this very carefully, and I might even say it twice, perceived bias against them as founders. Do you get that word perceived bias? Yes. When the stats clearly show that women-led teams run capital-efficient, profitable companies returning more value to investors than all male ones and more ROI at exit, women still just get a tiny slice of venture capital. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the very opportunity we and many of our women colleagues are seizing on with our master's fund and their funds. Our friend Jen Neuendorfer, the co-founder of Jane VC, told Crunchbase News recently, Quote, we're going to invest in an underlooked asset class that is overperforming. Music to our ears, eh? <laughs> Indeed, I love that. And it bears repeating, right? Because that's what we're doing at the Master's Fund. I tell our potential investors that we do not invest in women because it's the conversation du jour or it's the socially right thing to do. We invest in women because it's an undervalued, overlooked, overperforming asset that class. We intend to make our investors very wealthy by proving Melinda Gates's assertion that women are the most underutilized asset on the planet today. So now our enthusiasm is no doubt charming to everybody. It's not like they haven't heard us do this before. <laughs> However, <laughs> what's your point for our listeners? Ah, right. Uh, the point is this hurdle is perceived. Things yeah are changing for the better. Yeah, barely more than 2% of venture capital has been invested in women-led companies, about one and a half billion, and that is pretty depressing stuff. 
So why bother asking if you know you won't get it? Better to spend your time building a profitable company, which you always should be aiming for anyway. But within reason, right? If you're building a lifestyle company or even a very fairly good scalable corporation, but you're going to run it forever and hold it privately, well, way cool, right? We call those zebras and their entire funds focused on zebras. And we do that too, right? But not everybody. Right. There are companies that need to grow rapidly and need large infusions of capital to do so. And that's where VCs come in. And according to Crunchbase News recently, they are stepping up in a somewhat bigger way. <laughs> I <laughs> okay. try, I try, What's the numbers? <laughs> and, yeah, oh, because I got excited about the numbers. And then, as you'll see, when you really dig into them, it's still not great, but it's moving. Um, okay. The, in the, their Q3 diversity report, which would be Q3 of this year, uh, 2019, Crunchbase said more than 20 billion, that's with a B, has been invested in women-founded and women-led startups in the first three quarters of 2019. 20 billion. That's really big change from 2017 when it was a paltry 1.5 billion. In 2018, uh, 21.4 billion was invested in women-led companies with the bulk of it going to a uh, woman-founded Ant Financial, which won a $14 billion round. But even if we take that out, the numbers are still twice and three times what they have been. So mm -hmm. could it be the money is finally beginning to follow the money? Perhaps. Um, certainly more dollars are invested in women founders and you know CEOs, and that's a good thing. However, if we look at the share going to all women and women-led teams, only 3% has been invested this year in all women teams and 10% in gender diverse teams. That means most of venture capital continues to go to all male teams and that's 87% so far this year. I mean, seriously, one's faith that men can get this done is 87%. One's faith that women can get this done is 3%. And this extraordinary idea that perhaps we might work together, well, okay, we'll slow them 10%. I mean, truly, as you just start dissembling it, it boggles the mind. So in terms of deal volume, 7% of the deals this year have been with females only teams, 12% with diverse ones. So again, more than 80% of the deals went to the all male teams, right? So last year, this year, not huge. Not huge, and yet the proportions are moving in the right direction. I recall. And we'll be dead six times over before they get there. Let's get on with it. <laughs> well, I think we are. I think we're we're looking. I I think it's gonna be interesting to observe the velocity of this. Um, there's some interesting reports from PitchBook about how much money, in particular, in New York City, is being invested in women-led companies. So, mm -hmm. um, so yes. I think um, we are going to see a kind of that, uh, you know, hockey stick curve at this point. Yeah, I think so. The numbers too. are too significant to ignore at this point, and the investors are saying we would like a, a you know, a reasonable ROI. That reminds me of the song. Woman, hear me roar, and numbers too large to ignore. But I digress. <laughs> Uh, yes. So here's what I want our Good listeners point. to understand before we go to, <clears throat> go to the break on this. The really big VC numbers are mostly at later stages. 
the biggest investments in women-led companies in 2019 were at Series D, as in D, you know, as in really established. The companies had started as long ago as 2013 and in one case even 2008. So before they make the really big asks, the founders need to get there. Well, that's true. And almost all of the massive amounts of the capital that we reach, you know, 137.5 billion was invested in VC, you know, and so on in 2018 or something. Most of that was the late stage, right? That's where the big capital gets moved. The smaller stuff that really series A type stuff, that's actually a very small percentage of all VC capital. So we've got to get, you know, women-led companies to that later stage before they get those monstrous pieces. It's still a high, you know, anomaly for it to happen. That's why I think we're going to see the Hoffman stage. Exactly. And that got me to think about angel run found angel round funding, which uh, let's talk a little bit about the numbers on that after the break and then get into some um, real hard uh, information that our listeners can use. So okay. uh, this is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm Webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing. From SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry. On air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We are talking today about how much capital founders should raise, in particular women founders, for whom the picture has been less than rosy, with really only the golden crumbs appearing to go to women-led companies. 
Before the break, we reported on recent research from Crunchbakes on VC investments in women CEOs so far in 2019. And now I'd like to uh, throw in a little bit about angels because where you and I came out in the last segment, Jillian, is that the uh, VC money goes to much later rounds. The big, the big money goes to the D rounds. And so how do you get there? Well, you start with angels. So also coincidentally, the Angel Resource Institute uh, put out a study that I wanted to go over. And the reason I got to this thinking was I was on a panel at an angel fair last week. And one of the other panelists said, not enough angels are writing checks to women and not enough women angels are writing checks at all. And I thought, huh, well, let's not internalize that kind of negativity. Let's instead take a look at Golden Seeds, which has been funding women-led companies for 15 years and has about 300 angels in their network across the country and now also has launched a venture fund. There's always room for more for sure. But to say startups aren't getting funds from angels is misleading and worse discouraging. So I call that another uh, perceived hurdle that I'd like to dispel. So here's what the Angel Resource Institute has to say about the, all this in their HALO report on 2018 angel investing. Quote, I'm quoting now, we definitely know the bubble of continued new company formation is leading to more deals, not necessarily of a larger size, but newly funded companies. For example, they report that 75% of the angel deals in California were new investments, i.e. new companies, i.e. startups, like what our women are doing. Um, over 59% of all angel investments that year were new deals and 41% were follow-on. So it appears the angels are stepping up to the plate. Now, granted, only 15% of the seeds in Series A deals went to women-led teams. Sigh. <laughs> Will it ever get better? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's bring this back to our original question. How much capital should founders really be raising especially women founders. And at what uh, stage, I guess. Right. Um, before we do that, I just say, we're going to put the links to those two studies up on our Facebook page, which is called CEO Coach Podcast. So because both appear to indicate an increase in funding for women-led teams, both in deal flow and dollars. And so what can we tell our listeners to do to get their share? Well, in the first segment, you described a company that has big projections, but is raising around that just doesn't measure up to those. I mean, it's evident that whatever the heck she was raising or he was raising, it wasn't going to get them there, right? That's not the first time we've heard this. And we've heard it from men founders as well, right? So it's, it's a problem that gets to everybody. It looks like they are setting their round for what they need in the immediate future, but not even in the midterm, let alone long term, to drive the big plans into the projections. And as you noted, I think that focus on the product, they generally kind of raise enough to keep the lights on to get the product to, to the, whatever the next thing is, right? You don't often raise money to build a product anymore. People want to see something in the market, but just raising it to make it a little better just doesn't cut it. That's right. So when we've asked if they plan to raise again, as you have and I have many times, uh, and when and what the sum will be, it almost inevitably, 
inevitably turns out that they do indeed plan to raise a much larger round, bigger even as much as by a factor of 10. So why the timidity? Isn't mm -hmm. it the obvious answer to present the larger picture to your potential investors? Yes, it should be obvious. And we've said this before, and, and we should keep saying it. Again, if you're going after venture capital, you're building a, a multinational unicorn. If you're not, you're not good for venture capital. So get over that, right? If you're going for venture capital, we'd say, here's how to address that capital raise, right? If you're asking for a wide range, say 100,000 to 200,000, or even a million to 2 million, right? And you're at the angel stage, right? In effect, you're saying either a sum or twice that sum. That's not good. I mean, it means you can't estimate. You, you should be estimating to within 10% of what you need, right? As an investor, I'd say, so which one is it? It's a red flag. There's no clear plan for the use of the funds that's been laid out, right? It's best to lay it out first. Investors get nervous when the CEOs don't have a firm sun in hand, a really clear plan of how they're going to use it. And uh, nervous, by the way, is not going to lead to funding. No kidding. No, no kidding. So I would suggest that you don't begin with the sum that you need to improve your product. Focus on the company and then follow the process. Here's the process. Am I going to run this company or am I going to sell it? How big do I want this company to get before I sell it? How long will it take me to get to that size company? And what will it take to get there? And that's everything. IT, marketing, sales, ops, support, others, headcount, purchases, ongoing expenses, the whole bit. Not just keep the lights on and build the product. Okay. And then finally, what will each of these things cost and how much will those costs rise over time? That's going to give you a solid number, not a number or maybe twice that number. And uh, spoiler alert, if you're a SaaS company, if you want to sell your company for 50 million in five years or 500 million in five years, whatever, you're going to need a minimum of a million bucks in investment to get to that 50 million, right? And that's at your seed round. And then you've got to get on a path with a trajectory to get you to that goal. If you don't know how you're going to spend a million bucks in 24 to 36 months absolute outside, now's a good time to either sort it out or get out. You're going to need an additional five to eight million, depending on your target market, in about three years to get to that next stage. And your investors are going to see a tidy three to four X return on their investment. If you do your job and you build the company to say 10 and 12 million, something in free money, oh, excuse me, in uh, revenues and so on. And then you sell to a larger company in that space with some deep pockets for about 50 million bucks in five years. You start with one, you're going to raise say five, six, okay, total of seven. You're coming out at 50. That's a nice return. Think you're coming from the end backwards. And let them know that that's where your thinking is, which yes. will be engender a great deal more confidence. So for instance, when you raise your seed round, present it as the first round of a larger sum you will need to build the company and provide that tidy return to your investors. For example, as you said, raising 1 million now, uh, you just described that in your example. So here's what you could say. We are raising, say it's 1 million now and it's going to be 10 million in the next round. Just you throwing numbers out there. Sure. We are raising, here's what you say. You say, we are raising 11 million and closing the first million in 90 days or whatever timing you've made for that first round. 
And saying it this way uh, assures your investors you have the bigger picture in focus for where your company is headed and a plan to get there. This is cheerful news to investors who do indeed like to see that tidy return. Yes, yes. Now, if all this doesn't seem like the route you want to take, then you start considering alternatives. You consider debt financing, right? Consider finding high net worth individuals willing to lend you money, right? It's a much tougher job. Look for people who have already built similar companies to yours and now are considered high net worth individuals. Make connections via LinkedIn, conferences, events, et cetera, right? Formulate a debt instrument that gives investors their initial capital back and a three or a four X ROI to be paid monthly from gross top line revenue of 10%, 15%, 20%, depending on your gross margins and so on. Right? And you can't begin those payments for at least 24 months because you're going to need to use the money to build the company to where you'll have the revenues to pay them back and so on. Right? It's complicated. Don't expect this to be a quick, easy, oh, I'm going for equity. You may not be equity fundable. Most companies are not equity fundable. I keep saying this on the air, right? 0.006% of every company is going to get venture funding. That's not a whole lot. Right? So think carefully about how you must fund your company. But if you're going after this segment, then you're going to have to express it just as Ann said. Right? It's not that I'm raising a million bucks and then we're going out for another 10. So I'm raising a million bucks and I'm closing the first million in 90 days, 120 days, whatever the heck it is. Right? It's clear, it's clean, and it tells them you know where the company is headed and what you're going to do with it. So, That's right. That's right. So we need to take another break now for our sponsors. And then we're going to come back with some top tips to figure all this out about how much capital to raise. This sounds is, good to me. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair, a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Denticott, Taya Obrecht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. 
It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We have been talking today about raising capital, which is a hot topic on everyone's mind whenever they talk to us. We found some encouraging news in recent reports from Crunchbase and the Agile Resource Network indicating that funding for women-led startups from angels in seed and series A and VCs at later stages is indeed inching upward. I don't know, maybe it's centimetering upward. <laughs> even, okay, we'll, we'll go with upward. <laughs> yeah, it's upward, uh, even though more than 80% of funding continues to go to all male teams. We are posting links to both reports on our Facebook page, CEO Coach Podcast. So Jillian, Let's close with some tips for our li listeners to help them organize their capital raises better. Okay, here goes. Tip number one, focus on your company's growth rather than the product as you make your case for raising capital, right? Your company is what you're funding, not your product. Of course, your product's important, but consider the plans you have for the company. And if you have more than, uh, more than a product wizard right, you're, uh, on your team, you're going to find someone who knows how to build a company that appeals to investors. right? Use the company projections to build your ask in a way that shows you clearly have future growth in mind and returns for investors. If you spend your time focused on the prettiness of your product, you're not going to get to the capital raise. So I want to add something there that occurred to me when you brought this up in the second segment, Jillian. It's not always about the pretty product. I have heard a number of uh, early stage founders say, we're going to market the product and they get all wrapped up in the marketing. And you know, I come from four decades of marketing, so I know it's important. However, that is still not building the company. That's marketing the product. And that is, that's the other trap that I think that early stage um, CEOs fall into is saying, yeah, of course, we're talking about building the company. We're going to market a product, but we're talking about a much bigger picture. And if you don't have that particular skill, find, get the help of someone who does, who's built a successful yes. business. I would agree. And I think you've touched on something very important. Don't get into the weeds, people. I don't care if it's marketing weeds, IT weeds, or any other kind of weeds. Understand what it really takes to build the entire scope of a corporation and let make sure that your investors or your potential investors understand that you know what you're talking about. Okay. okay. Give us tip number two. Okay. 
use this information about your startup's projected growth to build a solid number to ask for in your round. You've got to be definitive in your projections. Uncertainty makes investors nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even think about it. I'm astounded at how many people say, well, we're raising one to 1.5 million. Wait a minute, that's a third of a difference, right? Don't give me any ranges. You're raising a number and you know what you're going to do with it. And if you don't, you go back to the books and you do the numbers, even if it isn't comfortable, it isn't fun, it's tedious, doesn't matter. Get out there and do the hard work. Okay, we got a tip number three. You want it? Sure. Okay. Cons consider you do it. All you right, consider alternative funding, you know, such as debt instruments. We talk about dividends, royalty agreements, um, revenue share models, all kinds of things. We talk about them and we are working to get them to uh, be in the master's fund, really focusing on different ways to get investor money in and out and different ways to fund different kinds of companies. So we've talked about this in detail on previous episodes at CEO Coach. You can check it out here at Webmaster Radio. Radio.fm. This is a really important thing. Again, so few companies are really venture fundable. When you think about the numbers around venture funding, right? 4% will exit successfully. 80% will die, right? You don't want to be one of the 80%. If you don't have a company that's going to be in the 4% or that kind of valley of nothingness, the 16% between them, where you kind of go along, but you don't, you don't die, but you don't return something to the fund, right? You just don't want to be in that sector, right? Find alternative ways to fund. Okay. And, and I, have a bonus? A, I have a bonus tip. Keep a positive outlook. You know, let's ignore the naysayers and pay attention to encouraging data, however small, especially <laughs> around funding for women and angel funding for new companies. Yes, fundraising is a long slog and you have to work hard at it, but it's working for many of your colleagues. Yes. So on that positive note, we do have to wrap up. That's it for this week at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You'll find links and more on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast all together. Stop by, hit the like button so you know we know you're out there and tell us what you'd like to hear on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy, and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 